I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, friends. Welcome back to another episode of r slash pro revenge. In this episode, I'm diving into two stories. You'll hear how someone accidentally gets revenge on a scummy landlord and how a brother comes to his sister's aid against a creep. I hope you stay for the stories today and subscribe for future videos. Let's get into it. This first story is titled, I rented a fake apartment and accidentally got pro-revenge. So this happened a long time ago. It's probably okay to post here. It was November 2009 and I was jamming to I Got a Feeling by the Black Eyed Peas, looking for a cheap apartment. I find a great ad in Craigslist and arrange for a viewing. I meet the landlady, a portly shrew with a Betty Page haircut. I wasn't here for the company, however, but for the cheap room. It's not great looking, but it's cheap, so I tell her I'm interested. She tells me the place is mine if I can get a deposit by the end of the day. I rip to the bank and grab the 450 bucks needed, about a half month's rent. She and I cross-sign a standard lease, and I ask when I can get a key to move in, and she says a couple of days as the current tenant has yet to collect all of his stuff. So I'm sleeping on the couch at a buddy's pad for now, and so I just chill, seeing sights, enjoying the first few weeks in a new city. A couple days roll by, and I haven't heard from the landlady, so I get frustrated and leave a few salty voicemails, but alas, I was ghosted. Finally she leaves me a voicemail and says she's sorry, but she can't rent the place to me. I start to get angry, but I'm a pretty cool customer so I do the research. I find out my rights and discover that if someone backs out of a lease without legal reason, the other party is entitled to double the deposit they placed. So I figure she owes me about 900 clams. I leave even more messages and emails, again with the ghosting, not answering the phone, no responses via email either. I get fed up. Now I had just accepted a new job, but it didn't start until the turn of the month. I would guess it's about the third week of November 2009. I have some spare time so I hop on the bus, buy a magazine and sit at the bus stop across from the rental house and just wait and wait. For a couple of hours I waited but man was it worth it. I see her showing the unit to another smart mark. I hold my cool and wait for her to finish with the newest renter and make my way over to the house to confront her. As soon as she sees me, she starts to wail about how the tenant changed their mind, blah blah blah, and that's why she couldn't rent to me. I've heard enough. I square my stance directly opposite this clearly upset charlatan and said, Now you listen to me. You will get me $900 as required by law by the end of the day, or I'll go directly to the police station and let them deal with you. She turned white. For a minute, I thought she was going to puke on the ground right in front of me. She says, hold on, I'll get you your money. I remember thinking, shit, that was easier than I thought. She goes upstairs, since the unit was a basement unit in the house she was living in. And I shit you not, she hands me a wad of cash and says, here, this is ruining my Christmas, but here. 
She almost pushed me off balance as she jammed the messy wad of cash into me. I said, thank you, good day. I take the money, count it, and walk away. I didn't turn around and look back. I got on the first bus that stopped nearby, heading back toward the direction of my friend's house. Not until I was home did I calm down and realize it was gonna be a sweet Christmas, all thanks to a lying, phony cheapskate. However, this is not the end of the revenge. About a week later, I get a phone call from a friend, asking me if the lady in the news is the same crazy lady that I got the double damage deposit from. I'm like, what? Sure enough, it turns out this lady was running the same scam in parallel with a bunch of other victims. I'm mortified. Not because I almost got scammed, but it occurs to me that the money that I got was someone else's money, and they're homeless for the holidays. I go to the police station, where there is, I shit you not, a line of crying people filing reports about being scammed by this woman. I feel awful, and when it's my turn, I get to the intake officer and start to give my story. I lay it all down, how I fell for it, how I left a snotty voicemail, how I staked out the rental to confront her, and how I demanded double the money back. I tell the cop that I took some of the money that belonged to the other victims, and she looks at me and says, Man, you were the only one smart enough to confront her in a reasonable way. You earned that money. Don't worry about it. A young lady who was now homeless and desperate couldn't help but overhear, and as I'm leaving the police station, she approaches me and says, Hey, did you get your money back from that bitch? To which I reply, Actually, I got double my deposit from her when I threatened her with the police. The girl blinks a couple of times, finally grins, starts a slow clap, and announces to the other victims waiting to give a statement that this guy took her for double the damage deposit. I cringed. But then, in the most unexpected turn of events, the line of victims begins applauding. I suppose with the realization that while their money was gone, someone had really screwed her back, and that made them happy. They cheered, I felt better, the cops laughed, and we all, there had to be 20 people in all, had a joyful cosmic moment of holiday schadenfreude at her expense. I left the police station with a clean conscience and a smile on my face, and enjoyed every last penny of that worthless bitch's nasty sack. This is one of the stories where everyone literally claps. OP also provides a link to show a news article about this crazy scamming lady, and I can't believe it's real. I'll leave it in the description box for all of you who care to take a look. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. This next story is titled, My Uncle Took Revenge on Behalf of My Parents. 
As the title gives away, this didn't happen to me. But this is the story of how my uncle avenged my parents. My parents had me when they were plenty young. They were not teens anymore, but barely left that age bracket. My mom and dad met in college. That was also when they had me. So while my parents were in their courses, I mostly stayed with my grandparents. The whole family lives in the same area, and the college was not that far away. My parents were still young and liked to go out with friends on occasion. When the following happened, I was a few years old. On occasion, they frequented a bar. A drunk guy there groped my mom and did not take no as a no. My dad stepped in and stopped the guy. And half an hour later, all seemed forgotten. The music was loud, the bar crowded, and then someone in the crowd hit my dad with an empty glass pitcher square in the face. He collapsed, but in the press, semi-darkness, and over the music, no one knew who did it. My dad got taken to the hospital, he had a broken nose and a heavy concussion. He also couldn't see who attacked him, and his memory between the alcohol and being hit in the head was so fuzzy. Of course, they had considered the guy who had harassed my mom, but they didn't know him, nor did they see him anywhere leading up to that moment, let alone have any evidence. So they pressed charges against unknown, but there was virtually nothing anyone could do. But then a few days later, the piece of crap that grabbed my mom approached her on campus. It turns out that he was in the same college as my parents. He made a few veiled comments and left little doubt that it was him that hit my dad in the face. And the piece of garbage let my mom know that my dad next time should mind his manners and that the little touching he'd done didn't hurt anyone and wasn't that bad. And if he wanted to do it again, he would and maybe more. My mom was horrified, of course. She went home and told my grandparents, my dad, and his parents. But no one could do anything. It was a he said, she said kind of thing, and my mom hadn't even gotten the guy's name. My mom cried a lot at the time, and she didn't know what to do. She was also afraid of going to classes or out alone. I honestly only remember that time very scarcely. I was just a little kid, but I can remember my dad in the hospital and with a broken nose, and my mom crying a lot. My dad, of course, was just as angry and humiliated as my mom. No one knew what to do, and everyone was treading on eggshells around each other. But that's where my uncle enters the stage. My uncle, my mom's brother, lived on the other side of the country. He was a private investigator, and he was, of course, the last one to hear the full story. But the moment he heard that someone had threatened his little sister, he was on his way home. After hearing the full story, my uncle knew that it would likely be hard to get the guy on harassment, the assault, or the threats, having no evidence. My uncle had my mom point out the guy from afar on campus. It took a few days to find him. But then, my uncle started to stalk that piece of human filth. My uncle took sick days, all his vacation, and invested every second possible to find out everything about the harasser. My uncle even approached the pig in another bar and became drinking buddies with him. Over several weeks, my uncle had uncovered all manners of illicit behavior, possession, consumption, and distribution of drugs, theft, and a few other misdemeanors and small-time stuff. And my uncle could have put him away for that. But my uncle always said that if he sent the guy to prison, it would be for touching my mom and hurting my dad. And that's what he did. One night, while out with his new buddy drinking, my uncle made the idiot piss drunk, and they landed in my uncle's motel room. He got the harasser to incriminate himself on video, rattling off a list of illegal shit he was up to. My uncle had, of course, pretended to be a crook too. 
Among the stories the guy told was the story of how he groped some chick and brained her dude with a pitcher of beer. Now something needs to be said. In my country, of course, recording someone in secret is illegal, and under some circumstances, like if the police does it, it's not a permissible piece of evidence in court. But my uncle knew the laws for that exactly. But paradoxically, the situation is different if it's not only audio, but also video. And my uncle had the asshole on camera confessing. The next day, my uncle turned himself into the police with all of his collected evidence because secretly filming people was still a crime, though the video could be used as evidence in court as my uncle was not affiliated with police or any other government agency. When the criminal trial and the civil trial were over, the guy got six years in prison and had to pay damages to my mom and dad, and my uncle got slapped with the equivalent of a $2,000 fine for secretly filming the asshole. Money well spent, he always said. That's one kick-ass uncle, giving up his vacation days to find out who did that to his sister, and ended up putting him in prison. How far would you go for your siblings? I hope you guys enjoyed the stories in this episode. If you liked the video, hit that thumbs up button. If you aren't subscribed, hit that subscribe button and make sure you turn on notifications so you don't miss future revenge stories. I upload almost every day. See you guys in the next one. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.